Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Bird. It's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. I'm just checking in to see how you're doing. Huh? Are you still quarantining? Huh? Are you tangerining? What the fuck are you doing? What are we doing? We're waiting for the vaccine. Huh? I'm, I'm due to get it next month. So you guys can all look at me as a fucking test patient. Because I know, I know what to do. There's people out there, I ain't getting there, I ain't getting there, fucking day, I ain't getting there, fucking day. Then I got other friends of mine going, dude, they could shoot that thing into my balls. I don't give a fuck. I just want to get back to my life. And then you got people in the middle. You know? They're not like, I ain't getting there, I ain't getting there. And they're not like, dude, you could shoot at my nuts. They're, 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 they're the people, right? You know those people, right? They act like they're in the group, but they're not. They're really just in for themselves. The kind of fucking people, if the plane crashed, you know, and we all got to sit here and and, and figure out how we're going to survive, and everybody has a rationed amount of food, that person that you'd catch at night taking more than their share, right? Drinking baby formula out for themselves. I think there's going to, there's, there's, an, there's another, you got, everybody thinks that right now there's just Biden people and Trump people. Okay. But there's other, there's, there's another group of people. They're just, they're just out for themselves. Okay. They don't align. They, they, they are the, the me party, meaning myself. And I think what they're going to do is they're going to be like, okay, I'm, I, I believe in wearing masks. All right. And I believe this virus is real. And I believe that it's gone around the world because I still think the world is round. Do do flat earthers think this virus went across the world? (laughs) So anyways, these people, I think they're going to sit there and be like, listen, I know this thing's a bad fucking deal, but I don't want to get this fucking vaccine because I don't trust the government. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let everybody else get it. Okay? And then it'll die out. And then I don't have to get it because it won't be around anymore because no one's going to have it. And as long as I don't have it, then that's what I'm going to do. And then here's a fucking sci-fi fucking scenario. What say, what if, what if you're right? And then everybody who gets the vaccine fucking dies. And then there's just this group of people, the me people, who don't get the vaccine. And now you have to try and all get together and rebuild this thing, knowing that you're all selfish cunts. And the only thing that you can breed with is another selfish cunt. And that your kid as much as you're going to love them, is going to be a selfish cunt squared. You guys are all going to gather together, right? Form a new selfish cunt tribe. And then one day, you're going to see this light at the top of a hill, right? And you guys all start walking towards it. What is that? Somebody lit a fire? What is that? And you fucking go all the way up the hill and you realize it's the biggest fucking compound mansion you've ever seen in your life. And you're hearing music. There's a pool the size of a fucking lake. 
Everybody's inside singing and dancing and all that. And all the fucking me squared cunts walk into that house and come face to face with the people that created the vaccine. And the fucking music comes off. The Illuminati people get up off that virgin robot they just built. <laughs> they face all of these selfish cunts. And they go to war. And the, the thing about it is, is the Illuminati will win because they are an organized group. Where if you think, wait, they're selfish cunts too. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I'm, I'm having a weird week. I'm having a great week. And then, uh, you know, I'm also having a bad week because, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't, because of social media took out yet another friend of mine, and I, I just don't know. I don't know. It seems like now you can literally make a statement that is uninformed. It's just unbelievable. It's it's unreal. I mean, <laughs> just fucking, I don't get it. You know, I don't agree with what I read, but I mean, do I think that then you should just, everybody gets the electric chair. There's just no, like, hey, you know, uh, you might want to read up on this a little bit more before you compare this to that, you know? It's just like flamethrower, lit, done. Fucking crazy, man. Fucking crazy. Crazy goddamn times. Um, anyway, um, as I just get a text, you watching this impeachment stuff? Why would I watch that? <laughs> That's like watching the NFL draft of politics. If they impeach the guy or not, they're going to give you the results. What are you sitting there watching? Getting like angry. I had like the greatest fucking week. Um, I really, uh, I, I have gone back to therapy and there's two ways you can do therapy. You can go in there and you can just blabber on and whine about your fucking life or if you get a good therapist you can listen to the information they give you and then go out in the world and try and uh, apply it which is uh, I I used to be the first person now I've become the second person and um, I had you know I sat down you know I just dealt with a couple of things this week and uh i feel a lot better and i feel a lot less angry which is uh it's is gonna pay dividends um with my home life so i don't know i don't mean to be all billy feels here man but uh i feel a lot better i feel you know i kind of feel like why did it take me 30 years to undo 20 years of bullshit um but i guess that's that's how it is that's how it is. So I haven't been doing shit other than that, trying to work on myself. And um, what did I do? I don't know. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm like, I'm, there's a number of fucking things that are just really bothering me right now about just this whole lionizing of like regular fucking people as like these saints. And it's just like everybody's a human being. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody is flawed. 
And uh, I, I just don't understand this just fucking... I don't know. I don't want to even talk about this shit because it's not worth it, man. Don't fucking talk about it. What are you, you going to do? I mean, what, what, you, what the fuck? Anyways, hey, let's talk hockey, everybody. Hey, anybody watch that Bruins-Rangers game last night? Woo! Um, Jesus Christ, the Rangers look fucking great. I No team this year has jumped on the Bruins the way the Rangers did last night. And I don't know how many posts and crossbars they fucking hit. But there was a period during that game, it sounded like somebody was, there was a fucking wind chime or something going on. But uh, the Bruins, as always, just hung. Tuka Rost was just unfucking believable. He's the only reason why the game wasn't like five to one after uh, two periods. Um, we were down one nothing, and then Chris Wagner had a fucking shorty. Our power play kill is fucking incredible. We got another shorthanded goal. Made it one one, right? Another shorthanded goal this season. I mean, so we it made it one one. Then we went up. Two to one um, with DeBrusque, with the Sanderson to Bobby Orr feed from behind the net uh, to, who do you go? To, to Bjork, right? Andres Bjork to make it 2 1. Then the Rangers came back, which was not surprising the way that they were playing. Like I said, they played great and um, made it 2 2. We went into overtime. And uh, Rangers came down, Charlie Mack back on defense. They tried a little saucer pass, didn't put enough mustard on it. Charlie knocked it down midair. Nice fucking pass off the boards to a streaking Brad Marchand, who once again, once again, gets the winner in overtime, his 16th career overtime. He's won so many games in overtime, he doesn't even go nuts. He's just like, yeah, this is what I do. This is just what I do. I end the game. He almost ended the game like a minute before. Completely undressed this defenseman. If the goalie didn't, uh, I think the defenseman jumped in the way of the puck. An amazing game. But I'm really interested to see this next game Friday against the Rangers because I want to see if that was just an inspired effort or if that's how they are. If that's how they are, um, I would say that the, the Rangers and the Capitals so far this season, like it's looking like they're going to be the biggest problems in um, for us in the playoffs. But I don't know who else. I haven't been watching a lot of the Canada hockey. I, I watched some highlights today of uh, the Maple Leafs beat the Habs. Of course, I'm happy about that. But the fucking Canadians look great. But just the way we're just sort of quarantined now, where we're just sort of playing, everybody's playing sort of the same six or eight teams. Um. I haven't really looked at the standings, but somebody's got to be in like a soft division and it's going to have pumped up numbers. And then I think somebody else is going to be in a harder one. You're not going to think they're that good because of their record. And uh, it'll all be sorted out in the playoffs. But uh, I've been loving that. I've been loving the, watching the Bruins as much as I've been struggling watching the Celtics on that West Coast swing they had where they uh, beat the Warriors, lost to the Kings, Beat the Clippers, then lost back-to-back Suns and uh, to Utah. So I think that what did they go like? Uh, was it one and oh, one and one, two and one, two and two and three? They went two and three. Holy shit! Utah Jazz before the game they were like, yeah, these guys, uh, these guys are great at shooting three pointers, right? Jalen Rose went out in the first three possessions of Celtics. He hit three three pointers, had nine points, and I was like, all right. Here we go. And then Utah, I don't know, just the whole game, they were up like six, eight points, and then we started to close it. 
And then they got up by like 10 and we started coming back. And then with like four minutes less left, this kid, Donovan Mitchell, just took over the fucking game and there was nothing we could do about it. And he put us out of our misery quickly. Um, yeah, I also like that Rudy Gobert guy. Uh, Jordan Clarkson was another guy who was fun to watch. It wasn't fun that they were killing my own fucking team. That kid Devin Booker was fun to watch too in the Suns, but Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know. We shall see. We shall see um, where that ends up going. But uh, I already had a good day, man. As far as like I took my daughter to school and uh, she's like, Dad, I want to listen to the song, right? So I downloaded that song by 38 Special, uh, Hold On Loosely. Right? Fun song to play on guitar. And um, I've been playing it you know, a couple days in a row, so now she likes it. And she actually said 38 Special today. And then after I played it, she said ACDC. She goes, ACDC, what that mean? Because she knows it's letters, like she thinks it spells a word. And uh, I was like, it means they're the greatest rock and roll band of all time, in my opinion. <laughs> so she listened to Hold On Loosely and Back in Black, which I think is great because when she rides with my, my wife, she gets a totally different playlist. So I think she's going to have a nice, well-rounded uh, music background and... Um, and then she said something that was uh, really made me feel, feel great. Like she, uh, I think she kind of has a crush on one of the little boys. And she's like, I just love him because he's a boy and he can, he can speak French like, you know, somebody else in the class or something like that. And then, she, and then the greatest thing ever, she goes, and he's nice like my mommy and daddy. And I was like, oh, my God, because you always hear that that, you know, if your daughter, you, you, as, as a father, you, how much you have to be there for your daughter because if you're an asshole, she's going to go date assholes. So, so far, so good. <laughs> she's four years old and she likes a nice kid because he's nice like her mommy and daddy. And uh, I told my wife that and we were just like, we high five, like, all right. You know, we're in the first quarter. Um, oh, God, that's scary. 18 divided by four. Let's see. Goes in there four with two left over. So, like, four and a half? Four and a half. I'm almost through the first quarter of raising my kid already. That's how fast it goes. Holy shit. Yeah, four and a half years old because at nine you're at halftime. Right? 18, they graduate high school and then go off to college. And, uh, Jesus, that's got to be just, did I give the person all the information they need? You know what I always thought about with stuff like that is when I got my pilot's license, I always wanted to ask an instructor, like, you know, when they sign you off to solo, it's like, you know, the level of, of, confidence they have to have in you because they they don't want that on their record they obviously don't want to see you kill yourself or yourself and somebody else um speaking of which um 
I soloed the uh, Cabri G2 for the first time. Um, it was a low visibility day, so I didn't go fly out. I just stayed at the airport. I just flew the pattern, which is basically like a big rectangle. Um, all right, you guys want to learn a little aviation shit? So, like, when you take off, you know, clear for takeoff, uh, runway 8, right close traffic. Means you would take off runway 8, and those are also degrees on the compass, is why runways have numbers and then taxiways have letters, letters if you go to an airport, right? So that's, and that's the heading you're flying. You're flying towards like 08, which would be basically north, slightly northeast. You're flying that heading. And then right close traffic, which means you'd fly out and then you make a right turn. It's your crosswind turn and then your downwind turn is you're going now parallel to the runway you just took off from, going the opposite direction. Then you turn base, and then you turn final. So you can just fly that pattern, right? And as you're doing it, at any point, the tower could then say, make left traffic. The winds could change. They could tell you to go the other way, all of that shit. So you just stay there. There was like four miles visibility, and I was like literally right there at the airport. So um, I wasn't worried about that aspect of it. It's like now I have to land on... Um, a helipad. I have a little four wheeler that tows the um, the helicopter out. So the first, my first lift, lift off and and off the pad and, and landing on it. When I was with my instructor, all you're doing is looking at the four wheeler, going, "Don't hit that! Do not hit that! Whatever you do, don't hit it!" It's like Greg Brady trying to beat Marsha. Got to beat Marsha. Got to get closer than a quarter of an inch. And he fucking knocks the egg off the fucking orange cone for a fifty year old reference there. Um, but what you really want to do is you want to look beyond it. You just want to look long and just try to hold a hover and then gradually set down or lift up. And, um, so anyway, I did the pattern for about 35 minutes and, um, had to go pick up my kid at school. So I, I, uh, on the next one, I was just did my radio call and asked for a full stop. So then they tell you, you know, and then they give you the taxi way to exit, you know, cleared for land. One, two, exit Delta, right? So I do that, and then I'm just sitting there. And my instructor was in a helicopter that was, like, still on the ground behind me. They hadn't even started it up yet. And uh, it was pretty cool. He filmed me coming in and landing on the pad. And I knew he was watching, too. So all my years of doing stand-up and having big industry people watching me or, you know, doing Dave Letterman or the Apollo or any of those high pressure gigs taping a special. I, I, I was like, okay, go to that headspace. And I was just like, all right, just chill, look long. And I went in and uh, I set it down nice, a little bit like harder than I wanted to, but I was just kind of like, I'm still getting used to where the skids are because the thing sits lower than what I used to fly. So I always feel like, okay, why am I not touching the ground? So then, um, it came down, ended up being really nice. And I was fucking over the moon. I was so excited. And, um, yeah, so now I think I'm going to start picking up my instrument training again because now I um, got my skill level back up to where it needs to be because I didn't fly a lot during the beginning of the pandemic because everybody was shut down and everything. And I'm super, like, always making sure it's like, I, w I will literally do 50 fucking auto rotations before I'll go out and solo. <laughs> uh, 
Better safe than sorry. All right, so here's some, here's some stuff here. Um, Comedy Central is going to be airing the Patrice O'Neill documentary on February 19th, okay? That's the debut. Now, I'm very excited about this, but I got information that on the 19th, they're going to be showing, like, that's like an edited version of it. They're taking out 14 minutes because they want to show an episode of The Office after it. Okay, it's a business. I get it. There's commercials. There's all of this type of stuff. So just letting you know that you're going to be seeing an abridged version of it. Um, the the real version, I guess, the next time they show it, will show the complete version of it. So um, I'm a little bummed out because it's the debut, and I'm a little confused as to why it's going down like that. But I also understand that it is a business and there's all of this competition and streaming and all of that. And they just, they got to do what they got to do, whatever. So, um, but they are going to air the complete version of it. Comedy Central is. And thank God for them because they are going to show this. So I'm very happy to be in business with them. But business is still business. So I'm just letting you know what's up. But I'm very excited. Uh, Mike Bonfiglio absolutely killed it. Um, and then all Patrice's friends, you know, Norton, Voss, Kev, Keith, um, Colin Quinn, the, the whole, all of his peeps are in it. Um, it's going to be great. And I hope you guys, uh, enjoy it. I hope you tune in and watch it. And you tell people that have never heard of Patrice O'Neill to, uh, sit down and watch it. I would really, really appreciate it. Um, I'm telling you guys, I need you on this one. All right. This is an all things comedy produced um, documentary. Um, um, comedy Central and Vaughn, Vaughn DiCarlo, uh, Patrice's girlfriend, put it together and then they came to us to produce it. And then Mike Bonfiglio signed on. And once we got him to sign on, the whole thing went through, you know, Patrice's mom, Georgia's in it. I mean, this, is, this one is, is the real deal. Um, the people closest to him are in this thing. I, I know there's been some other people, fans have put some things together, but this one goes deeper than all of that, thank God. And uh, I hope we did the big man justice. All right, that is all. Let me read some, um, let me read some uh, uh, advertising here. Oh, look who it is. Oh, Max. Oh, Max, how could you? Uh, living with chronic pain is the worst it's more than a feeling. Um, I was actually saying that to the 38 special. It's more than a feeling. Sorry. Uh, of discomfort. It can affect your whole life. Many of my listeners probably have some type of pain that has prevented them from relaxing and sleeping or stopped them from exercising. Perhaps it's been going on for a few weeks now and hasn't improved with any of the treatments they've tried. Uh, enter. Okay. Podcast host to provide experience of recent pain. Uh, I've actually been feeling pretty good because I've been using Omax. <laughs> my, my last little rotator cuff that was fucking bugging me, I put it on it on my back of my shoulder blade. It's been feeling great. So I don't have any, I don't have any pain right now other than watching the Celtics lose two in a row. Um, enter Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On. I love that it's a roll-on. Developed by Omax Health. Oh, Max. 
What did you do this time? This non-prescription triple action pain relief roll-on is specially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. The best part is this 100% natural CBD-powered remedy works its magic within 10 minutes of application and relief lasts up to eight hours, much longer than the -the over-the-counter products. Oh, Max. Health is offering my listeners 20% off a bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on. You got to do this shit, man. If you got pain in your hands, all this stuff, a buddy of mine, you know, rode motorcycles for a long time and his hands from, you know, I don't know, doing whatever the fuck you do, shifting and all that, just bugged him. And he he slapped it on there and he feels great. Um, Oh, Max, you shouldn't have. Oh, Max Health is offering my, I already said that part. This discount only applies towards products toward, okay, this discount also, not only, this discount also applies towards any product site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter Burr. Enter the code Burr. That, that is Omax, O-M-A-X, health.com, and enter Burr to get 20% off cryo-freeze site-wide. Now, doesn't that feel like that should be the end of the read? For some reason, they keep going. They oversell it. Anyone from athletes to Grandma Josie can benefit from We got it. It's fucking great. I'm an old fuck. It worked on me. All right, Stitch Fix. Everybody, Stitch Fix. Um, online shopping can be daunting. Look at all the options. Uh, you can never know. You never know if things will fit. Do I look bad in this? Returns are difficult. Who do I call? And you don't even know what what store to start with this season. This season, let Stitch Fix do uh, do all the hard work. I think this is leftover holiday. This season, what the... Oh, fuck, it's Valentine's Day. I haven't got my wife. Shit! I think I need to get on Stitch Fix. Um, as the days get longer and the weather gets colder, it may be time to take a look at your winter wardrobe. If you want to make a change this season, Stitch Fix can help you choose new pieces you love. Oh, they're talking about the winter season. If, you're, if your go-to outfit in 2020 has become sweatshirts or yoga pants, you may be feeling like you're in a style rut. Let Stitch Fix help you feel excited about what you're wearing. Uh, Did you just look over your current cold weather wardrobe options and get a chill? It is time to ditch that old sweater and upgrade that jacket. A Stitch Fix personal stylist can help you pick new pieces that are timeless. Stitch... (laughs) Is there such a thing as this timeless ski parka? Um, Stitch Fix offers clothing hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique size, style, and budget. Every piece is chosen for your fit and your life, and it's the easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. Try on pieces at home before you buy. Keep your favorite and send send back the rest. Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns and exchanges, and a prepaid return envelope is included. Uh, there's no subscription required. Try Stitch Fix once or set up automatic deliveries. You'll pay just $20, a $20 styling fee for each box, which gets credited towards pieces you keep. And there's no hidden fees ever. Stitch Fix has styles and clothing to fit any occasion for women, men, and kids. They ship all over the U.S. and available in the U.K. as well. Get started today at stitchfix.com MMP, and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix that's stitchfix.com slash mmp for 25 percent off when you keep everything in your fix stitchfix.com slash mmp all right there we go and as always during these cold winter months 
All right, don't forget to get some of uh, Tim Herb Alexander, his hard cider. Um, it's the perfect fucking drink, herbcider.com, during these cold winter months. I know you guys are getting crushed by the snow back there. Imagine, okay, you're done shoveling. You're coming into your little hot stove there, and you got a little bit of herb cider there. You know, a nice fucking, oh, man, that makes me want to go skiing. My favorite thing about skiing, other than skiing, back in the day when I did it before I realized I was going to blow up both my fucking knees um, or bend my thumbbacks to my wrist, um, was that beer. Remember, you you always thought you had one more run in you, and then you just fell down the fucking hill. (laughs) Your fucking legs were like spaghetti. Um, My favorite thing was you'd go in, and then you'd just get the fuck that fucking ice cold beer you know your face all red they always had some big fire going on in the middle and uh of course you never could find a place to fucking sit and there was also a bunch of rich cunts in there but other than that you know it was fun you know um you could do that in your house all right crank up your gas fucking fireplace and have a little bit of herb cider at herbcider.com h-e-r-b-s-c-i-d-e-r.com um all righty. All right. What else did I want to talk about? How much more time do I got left here on the podcast before I have to get back to 9 million other things um, that I have to do? Um, oh, you know what? I actually had a social distance uh, thing yesterday that I went to. I went, uh, it was like three other comedians that I've known since way back in the day. It's fucking hilarious. We're all sitting like, I don't know. Do you watch the uh, the NBA thing now, where they got Shaq is like fucking nine thousand feet away, and then there's the white dude, and then the chick, and then the other guy, and they're all just like, I don't know. Where's Charles Barkley been lately? I haven't seen him on that thing. I don't know. Wait a minute. Let me look up. Jesus Christ, you can't even keep up. The people are getting in trouble now. Charles Barkley. Let's see what comes up. Come on, Charles. Hang in there, buddy. All right. Nothing but his stats and Wikipedia. Okay, the man's still in the game. It was fucking hilarious. I guess Shaq went off. I saw this really fucking hilarious interview where he was interviewing that kid, Donovan Mitchell, on Utah Jazz. And he's just like, Donovan, this is Shaq. And he's like, hey, Shaq, what's up? He's like, I don't think you have what it takes to go to the next level. And he's like, okay. What do you think about that? He's like, eh, whatever, man. You know? And then, you know, he has this big game against the Celtics. And then Shaq took credit. He's like, you're welcome. I've always motivated people. And then somebody posts the stats going like, he's been playing like this all year. (laughs) Now, I love Shaq. I hope he's not becoming a grumpy old man hating on the young players. You know, who knows? I don't know what, but I don't know shit about the NBA, but I just thought it was funny. He's like, my whole career, I have been a motivator and a leader. Um. By insulting people and saying that they suck. Um, so they'll prove me wrong. I understand that, though. That is the power. What is that? Reverse psychology? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's a two-point reversal. Um, I don't know. Anyway, that is the Thursday afternoon podcast. Uh, I don't know what to say here. Just listen to the music, and then we have another bonus half hour of material from a... Uh, Bonus half-hour episode from a Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast from um, 
I don't know, a few years ago, I think that's how we do it. The great Andrew Thremless picks out the music. So uh, look him up, follow him on Twitter, and uh, he'll get back to you if you like the music and know, you know, want to know what it is. All right, that's it. Have a great weekend, you cunts, and I will talk to you later. Go Bruins, go Celtics. Go fuck yourself. What's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, February 11th, 2013. Um, how are you? How's it going? How's your week going so far? Uh, you know what? I just looked across my room, and I saw an object that reminded me of one of my many failures this week. I was in a rush to leave my house, and uh, I was taking my truck because I was finally going to get the brakes done. I bought a kit. To switch my fucking, um, I got drum brakes on my old truck. And as much as I wanted to keep the truck as original as possible, just the way people text and drive out here. And there's so many people. I just know that if I ever hit somebody with the front end of that beautiful truck that, you know, I'm never going to be able to replace the parts. So I'm like, I got to do this shit. All right. So, uh, Christopher Titus. Very talented Christopher Titus uh, is into all of that shit. So he tells me, go out and go buy a kit. We'll drive it over to my place and we'll fucking slap this thing on. It's going to take no more than four hours. Bing, bang, boom. Everything's fucking done, right? So I'm all excited. I I bought this kit, by the way, in July of last year. And it's just been sitting in my office. I've been using it like just, you know, putting my legs up on it because – because life goes by that fast when you're as old as I am. Next week, eh, next week, next week. Next thing you know, you've, you've fucking had the thing for like six months. So finally we set a date. We're like, all right, let's fucking, let's do it. Was it Wednesday we were going to do it? And, uh, you know, I'm fucking nervous. I don't know what I'm doing. So anyways, I got to move the Prius out of the way. So I moved that out of the fucking way and I got the hazard lights on, you know, because it's the day where the cunts come around and they give people parking tickets. So I bring the truck up, right? I got the fucking choke out. Bring it up the fucking thing, right? And in my haste, bringing the fucking car back, I, I left the hazard lights on. So after we were done with the job, I came home and uh, my fucking, the fucking car was dead. And I'm like, no big deal. I know how to jumpstart this fucking hybrid. I know how to do it. I watched the AAA guy do it. And I went out and I bought one of those self-contained battery pack fucking things. Opened the hood. Cute little hood that it is. I opened the little battery pack. I took the little red thing off and I can't fucking figure out how to clip it on. I tried to clip it on the bolt rather than that metal tab. It didn't matter anyways because my thing wasn't fucking charged. And I had to call AAA to have my car jumped. Do you realize... The level of, of like how emasculating that is to have somebody come over, you know, have somebody 
teach you how to convert your brakes, okay? That that's understandable. All right, that's that's some next level shit. Right? It's fucking jumper cables. That was the old words, the worst. When the guy showed up, I should have come out of the house in a dress. Um just a defeated fucking man. But I, I I bit the bullet. I was like, Yeah, I can't figure out how to do it. And he explained it. My thing didn't work anyways. And now I can't find the cord. To charge the fucking thing. So there there it sits. There it sits. Actually, I just kind of slammed that whole thing together. The reality is, is it took us two and a half days to get the fucking brakes on because uh, the back plates that you stick the rotors on, one's marked left, the other one's marked right, and we put them on. We know the difference between left and right, and Titus kept going, is it me or does it look like it's kind of like torquing in, like it's bent? What the, f-? you know, and I'm looking at it like I know what's going on. Uh, you know, it looks pretty good to me, right? You know, put the fucking things on. It's rubbing. If you turn too far to the left or the right, you know, the calipers are going to hit the springs. The fucking brake lines weren't long enough. The whole goddamn kit. So finally we get these people on the phone. I'm not going to say who they were. But whatever. Finally get them on the phone. And they were like, oh, yeah, we had a batch of them uh, went out and uh, they weren't labeled right. I got to tell you something. Titus, in one of the most eloquent fucking ass rippings you've ever seen in your life, never raised his voice, never cursed. I think he said one F-bomb, but it was a throwaway because he was like, you know, I've been, I'm f- been fucking here for three days. Like one of those things. Not saying you're a fucking asshole. But other than that, never cursed. And he just basically went right down the line. Like, it, so you knew these were labeled wrong and you didn't call anybody? This, these, this is a safety issue. And the guy at first would not admit any wrongdoing. To the point it was hilarious. He wouldn't admit any wrongdoing. At one point, I swear to God, he goes, well, did you look at the picture? <laughs> now, in defense of them, the picture was right. But the picture was like the size of maybe three postage stamps. And it was in black and white. And it was very confusing. Because you couldn't quite see it, but you kind of could. But it was written clear as day, left and right. So what are you going to go with? What I can barely see or what I can clearly read? That's what we went with. And, uh, oh, my God. And then we finally got that out of him. And then we fucking switched him. And then it it worked like a, a dream. But the great thing was, was trying to figure it out. We put them on and take took them off, like, I think at least three times. So I kind of got three, like, um, it's almost like I did three three brake jobs. I got, like, that level of experience. And I got to tell you, it was, it was the fucking coolest thing ever to finally do something like that and see how it all goes together. It was absolutely uh, fascinating. And um, I don't know. Titus is the shit because he would not – he could have just slapped it on and been like, eh, go take it to your mechanic. I don't know what the fuck's going on. He was determined to get this thing on correctly, and he did. And when he found out it was messed up, he went to bat for me, and he so eloquently reamed these guys that they actually gave me a credit on the kit so it didn't cost me a fucking dime. How great is that? And then we said, oh, you guys are all right. Now we're going to send him some DVDs, and it's all a wash. So I finally, that was, was, so three, two and a half days of that fucking shit. And then I finally, dude, I went to AutoZone like fucking nine times. And every time I came into AutoZone, I was a little more tired and a little more dirty. 
Nothing. I was thinking how enjoyable it would have been had the whole thing gone together. I wouldn't, probably wouldn't have learned nearly as much. But just, uh, you know, like when you watch those YouTube videos like Eric the Car Guy and he's just fucking, it's just this goes here and this goes here. You take that off, put this on, then put this thing back on. And it just it just goes so fucking smoothly. And uh, that was not the case on this thing. But when we finally got it all together, um, it was tremendous. And I'm, I'm, I'm psyched now. But this is how much of a sentimental fool I am. I'm, I'm keeping the old drum brakes. And I bought the tools to be able to put it back together just because I don't want to leave it. I want to learn how to do it. And then I, I also don't want to just leave all the springs and shit laying around in the garage, you know, kicking them around and shit, you know. How long can you really leave that shit around before something fucking happens and then you lose it forever? So there you go. How'd you like that? That was my uh, fixing the brake story. So I now have, I now have uh, 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 disc brakes, and I put one of the rotors on with the caliper and all of that, and uh, I was beyond uh, beyond psyched. Although it does have a friend, it does help to have a friend who's basically a master fucking mechanic who has all the goddamn tools. Uh, who's getting who? I should have been over there with a fucking nurse's outfit on. I was just handing them shit. But whatever, I got dirty. <laughs> um, so anyways, I, I have no idea what is uh, going on in the world right now because uh, for some reason I've decided to do like 10 do-it-yourself fucking projects and uh, I'm painting my living room. So I – and I don't know. It's a, it's a motherfucker. It's a pain in the ass. It's easy, but it's a pain in the ass. And I had to tape everything up and I haven't watched TV for like the last two days. So I know it snowed in Boston. Uh, that blizzard, what the fuck are they calling it? Nokia, Nardia, what the hell is it here? Nemo, Nemoy, Nemo, blizzard Nemo. I guess they're going to name, uh, snowstorms now. You know, I don't even need to get into that. Enough comedians have made fun of how much they overhype these things. This looks, looks like it was actually a decent amount of snow, but in the end, even if you have like, you know, fucking, let's say there's three feet of snow. You know, I mean, what is what is that up to? Let's say two feet of snow. Two feet of snow, is that even up to your knees if you're an average size adult? Like, what is going to... You can go 30 days. I think I've said this before on the podcast. You can go 30 fucking days without food. Maybe more than that. The big thing is water. All right? Snow, right there. The nice fucking handful of cold water. Stick it in your mouth. And just relax. Let it melt. You're going to be fine. You're not going to die. Some guy on YouTube made this hilarious video of just screaming, I have to get uh I have to get bread and milk. I think it's it's already got two million hits. It's it's the funniest fucking thing. Why do you have to get bread and milk? I don't know. I I guess if I was old, I would be nervous. But only if if like, you know, if the heat went out, then that's the only way I would be nervous. But other than that, it's just fucking snow. You're gonna get the day off, you can go sledding. Build a snowman. Just put on a fucking scarf, you pussies. It's easy for me to say, right? I'm out here in fucking Los Angeles. I got to tell you, though, you know, it's been a while since I've been in snow and I saw some of the pictures. My my buddy sent me this going, look at what the fuck I'm dealing with. And that actually looked awesome to me. You know, snow's fun to visit, but you don't want to live in it. When it first comes down, it's beautiful. And then once it starts being dirty and all that fucking shit, you just get tired. There's less parking spots. Everybody down in Southie shoveling out their cars. 
putting a fucking trash barrel there. Some yuppie doesn't know the rules, pulls in his little fucking Peugeot, and he never sees it again. Um, at least that's how I heard it works there. Uh, this is the uh, Monday morning podcast. Uh, what am I going to do here? Well, you know what else I missed today? I didn't realize the Bruins. I know that, that their game against Tampa Bay got canceled, and I didn't realize that they played uh, the Buffalo Sabres, which has become a big rivalry. And I know a lot of you guys don't like hockey, especially the douche who had to write me on Twitter to let me know that he tried to watch hockey, didn't enjoy it, and literally wrote yawn. <laughs> Fucking cunt. You know? I just said, you know, if you, it's a great sport. Watch Bruins Montreal if you want to try to get into Do I really need your fucking, like, do you think the NHL, get, well, maybe they give a fuck. Maybe they want your money. You know, write them. Why are you writing me like I'm the goddamn commissioner? Anyways, why do I read them? I don't know why I read. I should just not read them. Um, so anyways, people hate fucking Sabres. They hate Lucic because he ran over their goalie last year and it hurt the guy granted it was a douche move but you know he was frustrated he had a breakout he couldn't settle down the puck and old fucking old big eyes came out of the net came out a little too far you know and he ran him over you're right you're right to be mad at him but can you please stop asking why Lucic won't fight John Scott why do you get John Scott is like 6'8 270 He's a fucking goon. He can barely skate. Why Why would you have an all-star fight that guy? Risk getting hurt and then sit in the box. That's why he's not fighting him. There's no way ownership is going to let that guy fight. All right? And all Lucic is is a fucking million-dollar piece of meat to the ownership. You know what I mean? So they're not going to have him go out there and go fight that big fucking Sasquatch. He shouldn't even go out there on skates. He should just walk out there with, like, work boots on. (laughs) I don't know. He probably can play. They don't allow him to. But I hate when people say that shit. They pick, like, the best guy on your team, and they're like, yeah, he's too much of a pussy to fight our toothless moron. Yeah, that's a good switch off. That's a good trade off. Let's have one of our best guys sit down for five minutes, and all you lose is some fucking goddamn gorilla. I get it, Buffalo. You're upset. Okay? You want to see Lucic get pounded. I understand. Your probably logic is, well, fucking, what about Saucer Eyes there? He wasn't exactly a, a tough target. Um, eh, maybe he deserves it. I don't know. I feel bad for people in Buffalo. You know what I mean? That's just, that's, I've been there as a sports fan. Fortunately, they let me up off the mat over the last 10 years. You know, I'm rooting for you guys. You know? I know what people say to you. I know exactly what the fuck. I dealt with that Bucky Dent, 1918, all that fucking horse shit. The fucking curse with the Canadians back when they dominated us 25 fucking years ago, whatever the hell it was. Unless you're Dan Shaughnessy. Every time we lose to him, he starts, the curse is back. Noodle-headed cunt. Um, I know what you're going through. I know people say wide right. They say Brett Hull. They say, uh, why do you play sports? Why don't you just stick to making appetizers? You already came up with buffalo wings. Is is there something else you guys can come up with that we can enjoy eating while we watch our teams win championships? I realize they say all that cunty shit to and it eats away at you after a while. It's awful. You know? I, I I don't have any animosity towards any fans who go through shit like that. I haven't gone through it myself. I only wish it on, uh, you know who I wish it on. 
<laughs> I don't need to get into that shit anymore. Um, hey, I take it Kobe stopped passing the ball. You guys are losing again, huh? Did you figure it out, Laker fans? Or did you, did you just figured out a new way to compliment Kobe Bryant? Unbelievable. Do you know, like last week out here, uh, Kobe for like three games in a row actually passed the ball for the first time in his career. He actually was passing the ball on a regular basis. And I know a lot of people are going to say, because they wrote to me, oh, he's got 5,000 career assists. Muggsy Bogues has over 6,000 in like three less seasons, okay? The motherfucker's not passing the ball. Everybody who plays with them is not lying. They're not making up shit, all right? <clears throat> Guy finally passes the ball and plays the team game. Fucking the Lakers, night and day. All of a sudden, they're this, this, this team that's winning. And the Laker fans think, oh, oh, that was the problem. Kobe was the fucking problem. No, they immediately drop to their knees and blow him again. It's a new facet to his game. They started calling him Magic Bryant, Kobe Johnson. I just, I, I've never seen, I, I just don't understand. I'm not saying the guy, I, individually. Once again, it's, it's the Peyton Manning thing all over again. Individually, phenomenal. It's not even, it's not even Peyton Manning. It's, I, I can't even bring him up. Oh, Christ, I'm rambling. Let's do, uh, can you tell I got a zillion fucking things in my mind? This, this podcast is more fucking retarded than usual. All right, anyways, plowing ahead here. Let's, uh, what's today? The 11th? Oh, my God. Valentine's Day is only three days away. What are you going to do? How many guys out there are actually sitting around and you haven't you haven't uh you haven't stepped up yet you don't know what you're going to do. You want you want to step in the right direction proflowers.com. All right? Impress her friends. Her friends are going to ask you, "So what did you get her for Valentine's Day? What did you get her?" And you'd be like a big bouquet of flowers or a big bouquet, however the hell you say it. Impress your woman and her friends. It's probably even more important to impress her friends. Send her flowers from Pro Flowers. Yeah, get her the best kind with the biggest damn vase. Shut all her friends up, and she'll be happy for a couple of days, right? Uh, one dozen romantic rainbow roses and a free glass vase from my friends at ProFlowers.com for just nineteen ninety nine. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. You're already getting kisses. And for my listeners, double the roses for just nine ninety nine more. Uh, you just need my code Burr, B-U-R-R, when you order. Um, what the hell is this? Please use this time to tell your listeners about your personal experience. How did the flowers look? How did they smell? How did your recipients... Oh, okay, I got this. I guess I was supposed to read that before. Um, you know what? Last year they sent some to my mother, and she loved them. Called me up, left me a great message, and I saved it for six months. That's how happy she was. That's how wonderful the message is, uh, The message she was that she left. Do you understand what I'm saying here, people? You can't go around and only cost you 20 bucks. Here's the only way to get this amazing Valentine's Day deal. You call 1-800-PRO-FLOWERS and mention Burr, B-U-R-R, or go to theproflowers.com, or go to proflowers.com, click, click on the microphone in the top right-hand corner, and type in Burr, B-U-R-R. That's proflowers.com. Click on the microphone and type in Burr, B-U-R-R. Order today and um, and get on with your wonderful day. Hey, and ladies, you know, what's to stop you this year from getting your, your guy? Oh, man, you should do that. 
Get him four dozen roses. Just embarrass the hell out of him. Send it down to the job site. Uh, Proflowers.com. Do it today. All right, the next one here. Let's get through this here. What do we got? What do we got? Um, Oh, here we go. Stamps.com, everybody. If you never want to go to the post office again, but you want to be able to do everything that you can do within the post office, all you have to do is just sign up at Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, everything you do at the post office, you can do right from your desk. Buy and print U.S. postage for any letter or package using your own computer and printer. Stamps.com will send you a digital scale. Calculates the exact amount of postage you need for any class of mail. Then just hand your mail to the mailman, drop it in the mailbox, or even schedule a free package pickup using Stamps.com. You'll never have to deal with bad weather again to send out letters and packages. I use Stamps.com to send out all my DVDs to my road gigs. I've never had a problem. I weigh it. I get the figure. It prints it out. I slap it on. I go to the gig, and magically they're there. Right now, use my last name, Burr, B-U-R-R, for this special offer. No risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer. Includes the digital scale and up to $55 in free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr, B-U-R-R. That's Stamps.com. Enter Burr, B-U-R-R. All righty. Moving on. Yeah, so I missed the game. Yeah, I missed the game today, and I I saw Campbell jump that guy in the Sabers. He got he he, uh, he didn't come out too well in that one. <laughs> I love how the guy in the Sabers is like looking at the ref like I don't want to fight. Oh, all right, what does what does? Um, all right, enough with the sports talk. Okay, I need to appease the ladies and the nerds out there. Oh, here's one for you. Um, this weekend I actually took a night off from stand up comedy. And I went out to uh, Indio, California. I can't even remember the name of the casino. I saw Don Rickles. I had to do it, man. I, I was like, I always see these guys. Underrated. Going to a casino and seeing a legend. He was amazing. And Tony Orlando. Tie a yellow ribbon. He destroyed in front of him. I didn't realize how many hits that guy had. You know? I went with Bartnick, and we were, and I was just going like, I think this guy's going to open with tie a yellow ribbon. He's going to close with it, and he's gonna uh, he's gonna play it again in the middle. And he came right out of the gate, tie a yellow ribbon. And in my world, I'm like, this guy's out of hit. He's out of hits. Then all of a sudden, he goes to the next song. I'm like, wait a minute, I know this song. Knock three times on the ceiling if you want me. Twice on the pipe. Right, everybody going nuts. Then he had another hit after that. I'm like, God damn, this guy's got a lot of hits. Then he got into a drum battle. This drummer. I'd have to give the nod to Tony. And then Rickles comes out. It was just amazing. Just seeing an icon. You know? Tuxedo, the whole old school thing. Guy opened up for Sinatra. Underrated. Going to a, going to a casino to see a legend. This is what I realized. Uh... This is a very blanket statement, but I'm I'm sort of the king of this. Legends play casinos. Hacks go to cruise ships. <laughs> is that bad? I'm just saying. You know, they give you a certain amount of time to make it in this business, and if you don't, they just they just put you out to sea. You know, and that's not 100 percent true. There's some there's some good guys doing. Uh, but you know what I'm fucking talking about. I told you this story. I did a cruise ship one time. I worked with like a juggler and uh, and the guy hosting it, I swear to God, was like a real life guy smiley. 
That was that story I told you where they told me it was going to be a young crowd because I was like, I don't think my act's going to work on a cruise ship. This is like 10, 11 years ago. <clears throat> They're like, no, no, no. It's this young, this young, well, the young hip cruise liner thing, right? So I show up. It's a bunch of old people. And the guy, smiling guy, goes out there. This is how old they were. He went out and he opens with, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And they did it. And at that point, I was like, oh, my God, I am going to fucking eat my balls. And I did. It wasn't easy because we were rolling over the waves. It's kind of tricky to get that second ball in my mouth. But I did seven minutes into my set, fucking munched them both. Captain wrote a letter to the agency. Oh, God, why didn't I ever get a copy of that? It said I was offensive to uh, all races, the handicapped. I forget what else he said. I don't know. Nothing I said was as, was as offensive as the fucking food they were serving on that goddamn boat. Oh, my God. You never saw so many fat fucks in your life. I swear to God, if one of those cruise ships ever goes down, you know, has there ever been like an obese shark? They eat whales, too. You know what fat people must be for sharks just because they don't, you know, we're not part of their diet. We just sort of accidentally like we, we got to be like, remember those big pink snowballs, those mushroom, they had mushrooms in the middle. And then they had, I don't know what the fuck was. I never had the balls to eat one. Only reason why is because it was marshmallow. I always thought marshmallow was disgusting. Like remember fluff, peanut butter and fluff another. That toxic horse shit. I actually grew up right at the tail end of, of just feeding kids absolute poison. Like now they feed poison, but it's sort of disguised. You have no idea because they'll write, oh, packed with protein or, you know, nutritious shit. You know, they'll somehow they'll put <laughs> put like those words in there. They try and camouflage it. But back then it was just straight up like, you know, it was just poison. Fluff and utter. The fuck is that? I don't know. It's a bunch of white shit with a bunch of sugar in it. You mix it up with peanut butter. All right. Well, that shut him up. Um. All right, what am I talking about? Oh, yeah, I'm talking about fat people going overboard. Any fat listeners? You ever gone on a cruise and just think like, wow, if this goes oh, Well, wait a minute. Would you float more if you're fat? The big thing is you'd have to relax. But the problem is, is like, you know, if you're wearing like a fat person, like uh, like wetsuit, you know, you're just covering yourself all up. When you're laying on your back in the ocean, you know, the water that's been absorbed in your bathing suit is going to be coming down in your face. So you're going to sort of be like waterboarding yourself, you know, so maybe you got to roll over on your stomach. No, nah, but then the rolls in your neck are kind of holding your face in the water. It's, it's a rough deal. Um, has there ever been a fat Navy SEAL? I don't, I don't think there has. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people. I, I, this is why I do these Monday morning when the brain is fresh. I'm just attacking fucking people who can't defend themselves or stop eating. Um, all right. Here's something for you. Oh, this is just choppy as hell. I, I got to recommend something. Uh, somebody recommended to me, told me to go see uh, that Dave Grohl documentary on Sound City. You can actually go to his website. I wish I had that up there. Just look up Dave Grohl Sound City. You can download it for 12 bucks, and it's worth every goddamn penny. It's about this studio, uh, Sound City, where basically I would say maybe 40%, it seemed, of every fucking awesome album you've ever downloaded 
or ever wanted to get over the last 40 years was made um, in this studio. And uh, Dave Grohl actually bought the soundboard when it was going out of business. He bought the soundboard. So that kind of starts it off. And when you watch it, this isn't really a spoiler alert. The whole time they're interviewing him, he's sitting in this old school van. And I was sitting there going, is that a, one of those old Ford vans? Like the original, like the, the uh, Ecoliner, is that how you say it? The early 60s? I hate how like, pedophiles ruined vans. You know what I mean? I don't know if it was pedophiles or date rapists. But like vans in the in the 60s, if you look at them, they're not that bad. They're actually kind of adorable. I'll, I'll bring a picture up there. Like, you know, the Ford Ecoliner. Look like it had big, big fucking eyes. Looked like it needed some sleep, you know. And they were so tiny. You could just see it. You, you, you couldn't do anything in them. People could just see. You could see almost right through the fucking thing. Um, in the 70s, they became creepy. That's when they, they started, you know, putting carpet on the floors and the ceiling of them. And they had these crazy sort of acid murals on the side of them. And guys with hairy chests and mustaches started driving them around. And just Somewhere it just became the big jizzmobile, you know. And the skanks liked them. I wish I was around when vans were cool, you know. Actually, I was when I was a kid. I used to think custom vans were the shit. I used to think, why don't my parents have a custom van? Remember that when you wanted your parents to be cool? Why can't he get a Corvette? Oh, I don't know, because there's fucking six kids. Where the hell am I going to stick you? That's when you know your dad's fucking around and your mom comes home with a two-seater. Fuck the family. I'm going out tonight. Um, All right, Bill, how do you tell a girl she sucks in bed? Oh, Jesus. Um, hey, Bill, how do you tell a girl she sucks in bed without hurting her feelings or making her embarrassed? Is it okay to give pointers in the bedroom or would you make, or would it make that make me look like a dick? Help me out, Bill. Go fuck yourself. Um, all right. The first half, there's no way to tell a girl she sucks in bed. There's no way for a woman to tell a guy he sucks in bed without hurting the feelings. All right, let's be politically correct. There's no way for a guy to tell another guy if they live in an alternative lifestyle, 2013. No one wants to hear that. Um, well, this is what I would do. Uh, you, you can't just make somebody good in bed. The potential has to be there. There has to be a certain God-given talent. You know what I mean? I mean, some women, they, they reach for your package like they're, they're, <clears throat> they're grabbing something out of the cupboard. You know what I mean? There's just no. It's, you know what's funny about women being bad in bed is there's not a lot of. Um, there's not a lot of stories. I think guys not knowing what they're doing is, is pretty well documented. And guilty as charged. Guilty as charged, you know. But um, it's it's a, definitely a two-way street. What I would do is if you feel she has potential, uh, rather than give her pointers, like, hey, listen, you're doing a great job in there. Here's a couple things, like make some halftime adjustments. Maybe you could do that, like stop halfway through fucking, you know, have her run into the bathroom. And as you run in, somebody interviews you. You know, well, you know, the first half hour is pretty good. There's definitely some things we could do better. Uh, you know, my balls are kind of lonely and, uh, you know, she's kind of, 
You know, she doesn't have a good rhythm. We're going to try to work on our rhythm in the uh, second half. All right, yeah, go fuck yourself. You know, runs back in. Um, I would suggest rather than, okay, definitely don't tell her she sucks. Do not give pointers. I would, uh, the key word here is guiding. Guiding and um, informative moaning. <laughs> I would say would be the uh, the most user-friendly way to protect this girl's feelings. It, it, that's what you have to do. Um, I need more information. Do you feel she's aware? How does she suck in bed? Like I said, is she grabbing your dick like she's, you know, reaching into a mailbox to see what the fuck's in there? Or is she just shy? You got to help me out here. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, you know, that that's what I would do. I would. I would guide her, and by guide her, I don't mean pushing her head down. <laughs> it, it, guiding, no forcing, none of that type of s- stuff. And uh, and then where well, you got to be, Simon Cowell is. Um, don't give her any um, sympathetic moans. Once she starts picking up that you, the moans, you know, you know, don't give her any sympathy once. If it ain't doing it for you, don't give her a, uh, yeah, no, don't do that. Just dead silence. Okay. She has to know it's, she, it's, it's not working. I, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I know I told this story before I hooked up with this girl one time and we were having sex doggy style. And, you know, when I come forward, you're supposed to back in, you know. Like we're clapping uh, with crotches. <laughs> is that a uh, was that a fucking? Isn't that one of those dances with wolves names? Clapping with crotches. Sorry, hacky joke. Um, yeah, no. What she was doing when I went back, she went back. When I went forward, she went forward. So I was in her, but there was no friction. So I was starting to have a performance problem before I ever so gently put one hand on her hip and the other on the back of her neck and just sort of stopped her. Went back and then pulled her, but it still didn't work. It was like, not only did she not know how to do it, she was, I think, almost as tall as I was, you know? So doggy style, you know, they got to have kind of like, you know, you can get a little too high there, you know, without getting too graphic. So I was already dealing with that, you know? Um, I don't know. Beautiful girl, though. All right. Um, unexpected pregnancy. Oh, Jesus. These are rough this week. Unexpected pregnancy. Bill, absolutely love the podcast and the stand-up. You like a skinny Louis C.K. Or conversely, Louis C.K. is like a fat Bill. I really wish I didn't read that. Uh, um, anyway, not tr- now, now I get dragged into it. Um, and I'm not exactly skinny anymore. I've been having, uh, I've been enjoying the high life lately. Miller! Um, anyway, to business. I'm tw- a 24-year-old guy from Sydney, Australia, who's run up against a big problem. Last November, I lost a well-paying job due to an anxiety disorder I've developed over the years. I've sought out treatment, been through therapy, had all sorts of diets and breathing exercises, and although recently it's been much more manageable, it's unfortunate, it unfortunately wasn't enough to hold on to my high-pressure job. You know what, dude? It was probably the job. Granted, I have no medical background whatsoever, but I really don't. You know, when you have to, like, eat a kumquat and start going, 
just so you can fucking go to work? Hello? Oh, Nia, how are you? Sorry, just saw the door open. Um, the lovely Nia, everybody. Are oh, you busy? Okay. Um, oh, okay. All righty. I'll see you. Okay. Um, yeah, dude, when you have to fucking do shit like that just to go to work, it's probably the job. And considering you developed it over the years, let me guess, was it as you got this fucking high-pressure job? I don't know. So anyways, I'm uh, currently I'm looking for a more low-key job. Anyways, three days after I'm let go, I get a call from a friend I'd had drunken, unprotected sex with. The only reason why I went back to our house was that our house was within walking distance from the pub. We share a bed and nature takes its course. Oh, my God. It was a core. Oh, it was, of course, a risk. And like any idiot male, I just assumed nothing would happen. Turns out, I'm going to be a dad come August. After a mere one sexual indiscretion, I've known this woman for over three years. She's successful, smart, witty, and we get on really <clears throat> well. Oh, we get on really well. Uh, she is sorry. There was a big space in a new paragraph. I'm not that dumb, people. Please, please still believe in me. Um, she's been up up until now childless, and you can understand her reasonings for wanting to keep the spawn. She expects me to play an active role in the parenting game, and to be honest, that's something I am wholeheartedly prepared to do. That's so fucked up. They, like, make the decision. I mean, because it is their body. They have to go through the procedure, but it's just really – you're really just uh, – you're just a fucking jizz hose. That's really all we are. Um, we were both irresponsible, and we should both have to pick up the pieces and work shit out. Here's the problem. She wants me to move in with her. Fuck that. Fuck that. Before I read any more of this, fuck that. Anyways, in fact, she's demanded I moved in with her. Uh, double fuck that. She's making demands. Go fuck yourself. All right? I wish you did that earlier. I wouldn't have been in this situation. Um, I can't help thinking that this arrangement would descend very quickly into mutual resentment and unhappiness and would eventually be a detrimental environment for the kid. Absolutely. I've lived with friends in the past, and if a dirty kitchen ca can cause irritation, I don't know how shitting, drooling, a shitting, drooling, screaming baby will fly under the radar. I want to move somewhere close by so I can share their parenting duties, but I don't see how moving in is a better solution. She is also asking for financial support to the tune of half, which the shit I've spelt out above surely makes this impossible. Um, she's tit deep in an already blossomed career, and I'm doing my best to stay away from the dole, or as Americans say, welfare. Uh, so I'm asking advice on two things. How do I how do I relay my moving in doubts to a hormonal pregnant woman without hurting her feelings or making her feel like she has to go go at it alone and how can i spell it out to her that i won't be able to be there for the baby financially in the way she wants jesus christ dude what else and how do you fucking jump to the moon um uh, by the way when she told me about the pregnancy and oh jesus arrived fully formed in my mouth go fuck yourself cunt um <clears throat> You just have to have an adult conversation with her. 
Just be like, look, who's kidding who? We're not in love with one another. You're not my soulmate. I'm not your soulmate. But we're both adults, and we did this, so we have to take responsibility. Okay? Um, I would still like to meet my soulmate, and I imagine you would too. And we're not going to be able to do that if we're if we're basically pretending to be a couple, which we're not. We're not, okay? Uh, just look at the baby like we both we, – it's like a timeshare condo. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, just to t- tell you, you, you you're not going to move in. I'm not moving in with you. I, I'm going to support you 100% with the baby, 100%. But I'm not moving in. And when she says, why? Just be like, because I'm not in love with you. We're not, we're not getting married. We, we screwed up. And now we're doing the right thing. But, um, yeah, I'm not moving in. And what's she going to do? Grab you by the throat? Make you move in? No, fuck this. And the fact that she's making these demands, she wants half of your money. Well, this is the deal, dude. You knocked a girl up and now you got a fucking, you got a kid coming. So you got to go make some money. All right, and you do have to support the kid. Um, this is one of these fucked up things. If she's got a great career, why does she need half of your salary? You know what I mean? If you had a great career, she wouldn't even fucking work. Why don't you say this? All right, how about this? Why don't I be Mr. Mom? I'll stay home with the kid and you go out and work and you support me. I'll, I'll wear a fucking apron. Have at it, lady. Go put on your Nancy Reagan power suit and fucking have at it. Yeah, dude, look. What 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 do you I know, you, you got the double whammy here. I this is I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do a double header here. Although the conversation might go in that direction, but I would definitely not tell her that I'm 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 moving in with her. There's there's no fucking way. There's no way that that's happening. All right? There's no way that that's happening. Um cuz I'm not in love with you. And let her hem, let her haw, let her cry, let her scream, let her throw shit, let her do whatever the fuck she wants to do. Um, you're not moving in with her, sir. All right? Don't do it. Don't go to bed with a price on your head. No. Don't do it. Um, sorry, Beretta. Don't fucking do it. All right? And then as far as like, uh, you know, supporting your kid, you got to do it. You got to give her the money. You, you can't have that. This kid is in an unbelievably un, unfortunate situation. You have to make the best of it. And you guys have to be friends. And that's another reason for not moving in. You know, what, what are you going to sleep in the same bed? Like you're married, like you love each other. I mean, you can't fucking do it. So, um, I don't know. But as far as the money thing, yeah, you got to go out and start making some money. And if you have to sleep on a fucking futon or whatever, believe me, that's going to be better than having, you know, some 18-year-old kid someday who uh, had a shit childhood because of you. And then you got to deal with that and then try and put the pieces together when you're on your fucking deathbed. You don't want to do that either. But uh, as far as moving in, fuck that. Move close by. And uh, that's it. It's not up for discussion. Okay? And she can make all the fucking demands she wants to. Demands. Fucking dope. You made a you she made a mistake too. What the fuck she'd make a demands out of you for? Furthermore, why the fuck are you why why are you worried about it? Alright? She can't force you to move in, so fuck her. Alright? With a condom next time, sir. Alright, legalzoom.com, everybody.
LegalZoom.com. Are you waiting for the perfect time to start your dream business? It's now. LegalZoom, the official sponsor of the National Start Your Business Month, wants you to get it started right. you got to protect yourself, everybody. So whether you're setting up an LLC, an S-Corp, a sole proprietorship, or a nonprofit, LegalZoom takes care of you from start to finish. Um, Their award-winning service was developed by the best legal minds in the country, and every business gets personalized attention. That's why over 90% of LegalZoom customers would recommend the service to their family. You'll be in good company. Over two dozen companies on the Inc. 500 list were started through LegalZoom. These guys got the credits here or what? Uh, It's National Start Your Business Month, so start your business right now at LegalZoom.com. Um, LegalZoom is not a law firm and provides self-help services at your specific direction. So if you have questions, ask them and they will answer them. Um, but there's so much more. Now every LLC and incorporation package includes easy-to-use business accounting software, a $269 value for absolutely free. Be sure to enter Burr, B-U-R-R in the referral box at checkout. Start your business, protect your family, and safeguard your assets at LegalZoom.com today. Um, is that it? Is that it for the, I think that's it for the ad stuff. Here's something I saw. I was trying to get something to talk about on the podcast here. Um, so I looked up the Drudge Report because I always say this is like something that people look at and they were talking about Newt, Newt Gingrich's ex-wife unloads on camera. Network debates the ethics of airing what she said about her former husband, before the South Carolina primary. Okay, and you guys know like when I talk about hockey and you have no idea what I'm talking about, this this is my version of it. South Carolina primary for what? What is Newt Gingrich running for? Mayor of South Carolina or senator? Is that what it'd be? I, I don't pay attention to this shit. Um, so anyways, I guess his, his Marlene Gingrich has said she could end her ex-husband's career with this single interview. Oh, hell hath no fury. Just take the fucking alimony. What did he? Oh, didn't he? Didn't he do something? Wasn't she sick in the hospital and he kind of tagged somebody else? Why do you think he could get away with it with that giant head of his? Um, Anyways, earlier this week, she sat before ABC News cameras. She spoke to ABC News reporter Brian Ross for two hours and her explosive revelations are set to rock the trial. What trial? I don't fucking know. It's just another ex-wife just going absolutely. Why Why would you do that? Aren't you biting the hand that feeds? As much as you hate this guy and he was probably a piece of shit to you, I mean, you're really going to affect his ability. If he doesn't win that political office, how can he pay for your Mercedes with all that fucking hush money? All the bribe money he's going to get, you know? How how, can, how are you going to afford to get your hair and nails did every fucking two weeks? You know, if he doesn't have a job where he gets to look the other way as people pour shit in the water supply. For God's sakes, woman, have, have you thought this through? I don't fucking know. All right, what, what are we doing here? Is that is that all the advertising? For, I got to make sure I didn't miss any of the fucking advertising. They always end up flipping out at me. Oh, you know, you're supposed to read it and you didn't read it. You know, what's going on with that? Couldn't you read it earlier? I think that was it. All right, that was it for the other than the Amazon stuff. And I say that every week. So, you know, where am I in the podcast right now? 46 fucking minutes in. Look at me. 
wheezing across the fucking finish line this week. You know what? I actually had a great week. Really, Bill? Well, it hasn't translated into a great podcast, you unfunny cunt. All right. I know. I know. It's been a little lackluster. Little fucking lackluster. Um, Dear Billiam, I know this is last minute. Oh, I didn't even tell you guys why I had a great week. I went out and I did a bunch of stand-up, and this was like four things that I've been working on, meticulously crafting in front of tourists down at the comedy store. And uh, I suddenly I figured out a through line where it all connected. Like you ever hear that shit when people say, you know, you don't know how to write a script? Just start writing a bunch of themes. Just write little vignettes, and then somehow they all stick together, which never fucking works. Um, that's like you're trying to build a house. Just start hammering shit. Um, but it actually worked out with the stand-up thing. I have a nice through line. I have a new chunk of shit that I've strung together like some cheesy thing with a bunch of beads. And some native person that was supplanted through genocide is now sitting on the fucking curb out in a, what is it, Honolulu? Is that where I saw them? Um, supplanted, is that a word? Relocated? Valentine's Day advice, Billy Boy, dearest Billiam. I know this is last minute. I had a question about Valentine's Day. I am a single guy in my mid-twenties. Rejoice. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now. If you're a single guy in your mid-twenties and you live in America and you're living on your own, please, Drop to your knees and, and thank whatever God you pray to every day because you're never going to be freer in your life. I know you probably got student loans and blah, 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 the stress and all that bullshit. Fuck that. Okay? You're never going to be freer in your life. Go get three years supplies of condoms. Okay? And bang away, my friend. Maybe you don't need to do it for three years. Maybe you're one of those guys for only three weeks, but you need to get it out of your system. All right. He says, I never really had a girlfriend for whatever reason. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. We're going the whole other other way. Truth be told, my friends could name numerous reasons why I don't have a girlfriend, but that's an entirely different issue. Well, Jesus Christ, there's a fucking can of worms. They could. You don't seem defensive or argumentative, so I don't know if it's an anger issue. Ah, look, I'm, I'm so sick of trying to be fucking Hannibal Lecter here. Trying to guess what your shoes look like with the way, with the way you write, you know? All right. I'm just going to read the rest of this shit. Uh, as of right now, I am currently sleeping with three girls off. Oh, so you're fucking, you're, you're knocking it out. I thought you, like, never had a girlfriend. Like, and you, like, never banged anybody. All right. My fault. All right. Dude, go fuck yourself. You're a guy in your mid-20s and you're fucking three girls right now. And I'm, I'm this, you need advice. Uh, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Um, yeah, anyways, depending on what day of the week it is and how much I've drank. Okay, that depends on how many girls he's banging. Uh, I've never lied to any of, the, any, of, any of them about where our relationship is going. And although they never met each other, each of them has an idea that I'm seeing other girls. It's kind of a don't ask, don't tell policy. Um, yeah, dude. And I, you got to come with that. You know, you can open with that. You know, what are you doing? I'm dating. I'm playing the field. How many people are you dating right now? Ah, a couple of people I'm kind of seeing. Just having a good time. Well, I don't do stuff like that. Well, there's the door, sweetheart. Then they'll respect like that, the honesty of that. 
Some won't. Some will actually have self-esteem and walked out. But a lot of them, they'll hang around. Eventually, they'll get tired. Their neck gets weak, and they'll fall right in your fucking dick. Um, <laughs> birthdays and Christmas are always a piece of cake because all that requires is a quick text or a phone call or at the very most drinks at the bar. But Valentine's Day is tricky. Our dates consist of bar hopping and drunk sex, so flowers and a nice dinner would completely send the wrong message. Dude, you selfish cunt. Are you asking me how to keep banging these three chicks while getting through Valentine's Day? Why don't you just look at the Valentine's Day like that's your pussy getting all-star break? Just take three days off, the day before, the day after, and the day of. Just say, uh, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? I'm, uh, I'm going to be, uh, Jesus, where are you going to be? I don't, even, I don't even have a good one for that one. All right, you know what? I just put myself in your shoes, and I understand your problem now. He said, I got into a little bit of trouble last year when one of the girls texted me and said, you know, every girl likes flowers on Valentine's Day. He said, I knew my response couldn't be, yeah, but if I get you flowers, then I have to get flowers for all the other girls. So I just pushed out and responded, yeah, well. Oh, dude, you shouldn't have responded at all. You know, every girl likes to get flowers on Valentine's Day. Isn't that funny? And that has nothing to do with most likely her having any sort of feelings towards you. It's just the bitch next to her in the other cubicle probably got some, you know. Or the girl in her fucking whatever the fuck you want to call it. Some guy broke my balls this week. It was fucking hilarious. He was trashing me. Say I come off as a pompous ass because I always talk about anybody who doesn't do comedy works in a cubicle. You know, and for some reason he decided to take that seriously and tell me that he actually works at the UN and travels all around the world. If that's actually true, sir, how, why don't you just get on with doing that? You work at the UN and you travel all over the world. Why would you give a fuck what some absolute jackass is saying on a fucking podcast? How insecure are you? Your insecurity is probably a great thing because that's probably the thing that drove you to be at the UN where you travel all around the world. You know what, sir? Good for you. That's awesome. I hope working at the UN and traveling all around the world fills you up some point where it fills you up high enough where you don't have to respond to a silly joke on some dumbass podcast um i travel all around the world um you know what that's actually a great fucking job do you feel like you get anything done you know do you sit there wearing that headpiece next to that guy who's wearing the water buffalo hat doing that shit and you're sitting there trying to talk to him about how you can sell your rich crackers to their country is that what you're doing when you're traveling all around the world i travel all around the world <laughs> i can just see you on the plane with your fucking dress socks on you have a dash cunt Oh, just sitting there. Ooh, what movies am I going to watch on this flight as I travel all around the world? Um, anyways, you know something, sir? You had you you had the James Bond job, and then you fucking you played yourself. I don't know why you did that. Why would you fucking? That's like me responding to people on Twitter. Why would I do it? I should pretend like I have better things to do. Um, anyways, I want to keep seeing all these girls. Back to this guy. But this, but at the same time, I don't want any broken hearts on Valentine's Day. 
Oh, dude, you know what? Go. F- I, did, I don't understand. What is your problem here? Dude, are you like a Gemini? It's like you're this fucking lady killer. And then also you're kind of like, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody. Should I get her some jam jams? I, I can't even I, I talk to the fucking UN guy. What the hell was going on here again? Valentine's Day. I got a little trouble last year. Well, listen, you're anticipating trouble. Didn't you learn anything from last year? You know, every girl likes flowers on Valentine's Day. Um, what, what would I write back? I know what my response would be the second I read that. If it was just some girl I was banging and then they wrote that, I would get this awful feeling in my stomach. And I would, I would read it, and as I got that awful feeling, I'd go, yeesh, and make that noise. You know that thing, like when you're just banging a girl and then all of a sudden she just fucking makes that comment? You know? You think she's on the same page as you when she just makes that comment. You know, I was thinking about you today. You just feel that feeling in your stomach. Oh, yeah, well, uh, don't. (laughs) That's the fucking worst. Uh, You got to be one and done. But one and done is scary. You just got to be honest. I don't know. Some girls, what would I say? You know, every girl likes flowers on Valentine's Day. Um, what would I text back? Yeah, you know, that's what I heard. You know what? I, you know what? I shouldn't give you shit. I don't have a good response to that. Well, maybe someday you'll meet a guy who wants to give you some. You want to get drunk and fuck? Um, yeah, I got nothing. And you can't ignore it. You know what I would have done? I would have ignored the text and I would have called her. But a good three hours later, three, four hours, three hours later, that's a good one. You call her. You ignore that text and you call her. She goes, hello. And you're like, hey, what's going on? What are you doing tonight? I got no plans. Valentine's Day. What are you doing? And you just start it with that. And then she, well, what do you want to do? And she'll be seeing if you're going to take it in some romantic, you know, direction. And you don't. You just keep it in the fuck buddy well, I figure we go down to uh, Meat Hammers or whatever the fuck, <laughs> whatever the fuck you call it. <laughs> we go down to uh, take it in the face, have a couple pitches of beer, and uh, see what happens. Dude, you know what? You're, you're, it seems to me you're not just fucking these girls. You're actually having like these mini relationships with them. You know, the, the key to having a fuck buddy is is the time between fucking them. And I don't give a shit how much a woman says that she can handle it. Most of them can't. Most of them can't. If you're fucking coming over there and you and it just eventually they're going to get feelings. They're more... I don't know if they're more mature or if it's a defect. It's just... I just respect the fact that that's how they're wired. So you... If you have a fuck buddy, okay, let, let's just do the math. Okay, now, now, February is a very short month here. So let's just say right out of the gate, you fuck her on February 2nd. All right? You shouldn't come around again till at least the 17th. And but Grant, you fuck and you leave. F and L. You fuck him and then you leave. You don't bang her on the 2nd. You bang her on the 2nd and then you bang her on the 7th. You're in a fucking relationship in their world. You know, unless you literally, the second you have an orgasm, 
as you're coming, you're scooping up your clothes and you walk out like half naked. Then you're just bizarre, which is another good way to keep them at bay. And why don't I just read the rest of this and see what, it, what his question is here. He says, I want to keep seeing all these girls, but at the same time, I don't want to break. I don't want any broken hearts on Valentine's Day. Yeah, you want to keep fucking all of them. No, dude, what you have to have, you have to have a revolving door. You have to have a stable of women if you're going to live this life. Or you have to give in to fucking rubbing one out. All right? But you can't be a relationship guy with three different women because you are going to end up hurting them. So what you have to constantly be doing, you got to be like a college coach. All right? Every year you lose some top prospects, but you're out there recruiting. Okay? So you, so you maintain. But it's never-ending. It's fucking exhausting. But if that's the game you want to play, that's what you have to do. So that girl who says, you know, every girl likes flowers on Valentine's Day, right there you put her on waivers, okay, for a, for a fucking piece of ass to be named later. You got, <laughs> you got to get rid of her, okay? And you got to look, go back and analyze what the fuck you did wrong that she felt it was okay for her to text you because you fucked up. That right there shows that you fucked up. That she felt that she could send that to you if you think you're just fuck buddies. All right? So anyways, he continues. He says, I know that, like it or not, this shit is important to women. If I take one girl out, I'm playing favorites and setting a bad precedent. Plus, if she does that check-in shit on Facebook, I'm completely fucked. Yeah, dude, you're doing dirtbag shit. If you're a single guy and something could happen that fucks you on Facebook, you're, you're leading these girls on. Anyways, he says, if I take none of them out or do nothing, I have three irritable ladies on my hand. Dude, are you going to marry any of them? No. Well, then let them go. Why don't you have the balls to do that? You know, when a team halfway through the season just realized, dude, we ain't winning this shit. Just pull a fucking Marlins. Just get rid of everybody. And then your fan base is your dick. And they're gonna be, he's going to be pissed for a while. <laughs> Um, but then you build it back up again, build it back up again. You know, I don't know. Look, dude, if you want to be in a fucking relationship, you know, there's other ways about going about it than doing this, but you're trying to have your cake and eat it. Um, dude, you, you, you got three women right now. You're banging three different women. Where's your confidence? You know what you're doing. All right. Dump two, keep one at bay and then get two more. Then dump the other one and get the other one. Just, you don't even dump them. You just phase them out. Phase them out. But the new recruits that you get in, you got to be straight up honest with them. You know, unless you actually feel feelings. If you're feeling no feelings, you know, don't keep coming back fucking them unless, you know, you get that 15 day. You fuck them on the second, you fuck them on the 17th. Then you're into March and then bang her on like the 11th. All right. And even then, they can't catch feelings doing that. But before you know it, you know. That's like 14, 15 days out of the year taken up where you, where you got to bang somebody. This is such this is this is really should be eye opening to women that I'm actually saying this is really uh, this is really awful. Now that I'm speaking this out loud. 
Um, he says, in a perfect world, I'll take all of them out at once and have the foursome I've been chasing after my entire life, but we don't always get what we want. Any advice from the lovely Nia would be much appreciated as well. Love the podcast. Go fuck yourself. Uh, yeah, she probably wouldn't have been as uh, understanding as I was, even though I gave you a lot of shit. Um, anyways, that's the podcast for this week, everybody. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't have any, I'm, I'm fucking tapped out. I'm tapped out. I spent fucking three days under a truck, not really doing anything. Just watching Titus do the whole fucking thing. Um, anyways, uh, thanks to Christopher Titus for, uh, helping me with the brakes of my truck. Thanks to everybody who's been, uh, continuing to download my special, which is, uh, tremendous. And, uh, if you want to help out somebody, uh, or just check out something great. Uh, please check out uh, Sound City, the new Dave Grohl um, documentary. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Uh, it's 12 bucks off his website. Money well spent. And uh, when that fucker comes out on DVD, I'm going to buy it. I like having the gold behind my money. I don't like downloading shit and then just, you know, then it's just on this thing. And then this thing dies and then that thing fucking crashes and then I don't have it anymore. You know what I mean? I don't like that shit. All right. I'm rambling. Go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week. And, uh, oh, I know why there's nothing to talk about. Football's over. Fucking over.